So I have, a, sadly, I have a very strong accent, so if anybody uh, needs me to talk a little bit more slowly, then I could, I could very happily do so. So I am, my name is Alejo Nevado, the name is also difficult to pronounce, uh, and I am going to talk about biomarkers and what they are and why they are very useful, they will be very useful in Alzheimer's disease. And very quickly you will see the relationship with what they were talking in the previous, uh, in the previous talks. So first, I think I won't need to talk too much about Alzheimer's disease because they have been giving a very nice introduction already. I will simply, to, to, uh, to update a little bit the audience, I will simply say that it is uh, a disease uh, that, uh, that happens mostly in the elder, elderly, but there are some other versions that happen earlier in life. Uh, the disease starts manifesting itself when neurons in different parts of the brain start to die and that neuronal death uh, starts spreading to the rest of the brain. However, that doesn't seem to be the first thing that happens in AD. More recently, the, com the scientific community has come to realize that uh, other things, that the problem starts happening much earlier to that neuronal death. So, where the problem, if we get a microscope and we look at the parts of the brain that show uh, that neuronal death, what we will see, what we see very clearly, is that in these images that you have here, let me see, yeah. So in these images that you have here, you will see the neuronal cells, the typical cells in a healthy, in a healthy brain. So you will have the neurons that project little ramifications to each other to be able to talk to each other and process information. But as people become older, uh, there are two types of protein that start to accumulate. And they will be these, these uh, big blurs that you see here. And it seems that in a big proportion of people, that accumulation of proteins happen quicker than in the, in the rest of the people. And, oh, what is that? Yeah. And uh, that in people where you see that accumulation of protein, you also see a lot of uh, neuronal cell death. So it seems that there, there, there might be a causative connection between this accumulation of proteins and the cell death. That, that's the, the main theory that we have been chasing for all these previous years. If you ask where that, uh, that nasty protein is coming from, so inside the cell, the, the cell, you, to imagine the cell, you have to have in mind like one of these huge factories that you might have seen in television from China and so on, that they are like a whole city. You will need to multiply that like 100 times, like a whole country is like a factory producing things, but, uh, but instead of producing cars or something, what is producing is, is life, so to speak. And that happens in every, single, in every single cell of our body. And instead of manipulating parts of the cars and tables, I mean, and, and cables to uh, produce the car, what they work with is mostly with proteins. And in the case of this protein that accumulates, 
uh, the, the brain, the cells, seem to get a previous protein that is called APP, cut it into pieces for some purpose that we don't know very well yet. And one of those pieces, A-beta, seems to accumulate. And those are the, the tangles that you see in, in the brains of people with A-B. Then later, now you, you will ask why it is so important uh, to detect Alzheimer's disease early. And it is because as even when you see as people become older, Alzheimer's disease become more and more frequently, there are, uh, if it is commonly diagnosed at 60 years old or something, there are some other processes uh, happening much earlier than that. And if there are some processes, some, change, some changes in that very big factory that I described before, and those changes happen before the accumulation of that protein that damages the neurons, then theoretically it will be possible to detect those changes and then to try to help people before they suffer the neuronal death and also to investigate what happens uh, much more early uh, in the disease. And that's where biomarkers come into use. So biomarkers, it is a fancy word for something that is very common in medicine. A biomarker is anything that tells us accurate information from a disease. You will be very, the, the, the biomarker that probably most of you has come, have come into contact with already are the biomarkers for, for infection. And that biomarker commonly is simply a blood test. So they get blood from, from the person from whom they suspect uh, has an infection and then they count the number of white cells. So these little guys will be the white cells. And when people have an infection, the, the uh, body starts producing a lot of white cells. So if you simply get the blood from someone that has some type of, of symptom and you count the number of white cells, then if that person has many, many more white cells than average, then that will indicate to you that they, uh, that, that they very, very probably have an infection. So that will be a biomarker for infection, for instance. Other type of biomarker, more close to, to the brain, will be, for instance, uh, electroencephalography. That very long name stands for that, uh, a picture that probably you have seen in television, where they put a lot of electrodes around the head of a person. Those electrodes record the uh, electric currents that the neurons are producing. And if a person comes to you and they say that uh, they are losing consciousness from time to time and they don't know why, then it might be because of narcolepsy or because of epilepsy or because of some other problems. Then on that person you can put all those electrodes around the brain and if you see this type of activity on the electrodes, so at the beginning the neurons in the electrodes are uh, firing normally and suddenly they start firing in this very peculiar pattern, that will be a signature, a very clear biomarker of epilepsy. So then you will know that that person has epilepsy. But for Alzheimer's disease, there are no clear biomarkers just now. The only, so to speak, biomarker that we could 
say we have for Alzheimer's disease are the psychological tests that you run to see when a person has clear memory impairment. But that clear memory impairment, which happens here, it is normally called mild cognitive impairment or already probable AD, happens when the person has already like 60, 70 years old. But now, in the last five years of research, we have come to realize that the problem, if this is being generated, uh, this loss of memory is caused by the neuronal death, that neuronal death is produced by an accumulation of that protein, a beta protein that happens earlier in time. And that accumulation of a beta protein earlier in time happens from because of some other anomalies in that very, very big factory. So if we want to develop a biomarker that is able to detect Alzheimer's disease not here, but much earlier, we will need to detect those anomalies in that huge factory. So far, and well, and these are, this, this slide is a bit more complex, but it comes to say that in that very big factory, there are different proteins, different anomalies that start happening at different uh, time point. Here, zero stands for the average time when you already detect the psychological problems, the, the forgetfulness. And this orange line represents the accumulation of A-beta protein. So you realize that the accumulation of A-beta protein happens quite earlier to, to when AD is, is already diagnosed. So if we were to detect this accumulation of A-beta protein, for instance, then a biomarker, this red line, will become accurate. So when this red line comes higher up, it means that that red biomarker is, uh, it is starting to be accurate. So if just now we are using the blue, oh, sorry. If just now we are using the blue and the yellow biomarkers that become accurate late in life, it will be much better to use the red biomarker, for instance. However, there are, we haven't quite managed that uh, yet. One of the tests that seems to, that seems to get there, but that has some other problems, is one specific type of brain scanning. So there is a type of brain scanner uh, named PET that is able to throw a current of uh, positrons through the brain and with that, through some very complicated physics, they are able to detect how much A-beta you have in the brain. And then a person that is not developing the Alzheimer condition will have the structural brain like this one. So these are different orientations of the brain. And when you look at the quantity of A-beta protein, you see that it hasn't got too much. But a person that is starting to develop Alzheimer's disease will have much more A-beta protein. And then you will be able to, to detect it uh, many times earlier than a psychological test. The problem with this scanner is that very few hospitals have them. And it has some other problems like radiation and some, some, uh, some other difficulties. So it is not, it will be a good test if 
it were used if what we needed was to use it only in a few people because we can send that people to that hospital, those very few hospitals that have a PET scanner. But the problem with Alzheimer's disease is that it is so common, it happens in a 3% of the population once you are 60 years old, it is so common that we will need to screen almost everybody for Alzheimer's disease. And just now there are not enough scanners of this type to do so. It will be what we will need of this biomarker is to do something like with the prostate uh, cancer that is done in many, many people as soon as they become elder, elderly. Or something like done in uh, breast cancer. Uh, almost every woman, as soon as they become a bit more, uh, a bit more advanced in age, uh, they, they go through an screener, an screening. So we will need something as quick and as accurate as that. And the PET solution doesn't seem to be right there. Other solution which can be applied in, in more hospitals is the uh, analyzing the cerebrospinal fluid. This is another very long word. We, we like very much long words in science. So this is another very long word to define, to refer to a substance that is surrounding the brain collecting all the debris and proteins that are not needed in the brain and then they, those proteins get transported down the spinal cord. And one of the proteins that get collected is A, beta and tau, the two proteins that get accumulated in Alzheimer's. So if you measure the quantity the quantities of that protein in the cerebrospinal fluid, then you can uh, more or less accurately detect who might have Alzheimer's disease. And this is done through a lumbar puncture. However, there are other problems with the lumbar puncture. It has some secondary effects. It tends to create um, um, headaches and so on. And if this were a test, for people that are 20, 30 years old, it will be okay because they are uh, young and healthy. But we will need to run this test in mostly in el elderly people who are more fragile and then such an invasive approach is neither that ideal. And also the test is not too accurate as well. So what many people is trying to do uh, in the co research community is to develop a blood test. Uh, a blood test like you do for infection, the, bio, the biomarker that I explained before for infection. However, in infection it is very easy uh, to find a biomarker in blood because if an infection happens in any organ, whatever anomalies in that very big factory that happen on that part, on that organ, will, will spread all around the body in the blood. But the brain is an exception to that rule because during evolution, we are not sure why, the body decided to insulate the brain from the rest of the body. So the, the blood vessels that go through the brain have a very thick layers of, a layer of other neurons to prevent almost all proteins uh, from going freely from one side of the, of the blood-brain barrier to the other side of the blood-brain barrier. So if anything happens in, the, in this side of the blood-brain barrier, in the proteins, I mean in the proteins, in the neurons, 
uh, the anomalies that happen there will very hardly cross to the, to the blood. That's why the previous two biomarkers for Alzheimer that I explained look at, at things happening inside the brain. So for instance, the brain scanner or the cerebrospinal fluid. The cerebrospinal fluid hasn't got this problem of this very thick barrier insulating it, but the, but the blood has it. However, now we go back to the, to the huge Chinese factory that I mentioned before. In, in this very big factory, uh, there are countless proteins being refolded, reformat, and, 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 uh, and processed to serve a million different purposes. So if there is a problem with A-beta, not only the things that directly producing the, the A-beta accumulation are going to be affected, rather many, many of these different links, many, many of these different proteins that are being transformed around in the big factory are going to be affected. Imagine that you have the big factory and suddenly a meteorite collides in the center of the factory. So the meteorite will be the, the A-beta accumulation. So obviously many things in the factory are going to start, uh, are going to start doing weird things. And also most of these proteins do not cross the blood-brain barrier there are other little molecules here that do cross it. So, here you have a more scary diagram of the factory for you to get an idea. So, the previous image was this little thing. So, uh, if there are other little molecules here that cross the blood-brain barrier and they mirror or, or change in some specific way due to that meteorite, to that A-beta accumulation in the center of the factory, it will be possible to detect it in the blood. And that's what many things are trying to do. For instance, one, one of the most recent successes was a test able, able to detect AD uh, one year in advance. It is a little step there, and it detects it uh, through blood. So continuing that line, we think that with a bit more of, of effort and time, and, and this very this increase in funding suit is going to help a lot, we will be able to go as back as possible and detect it much earlier, like 10 years or 15, as much as we can. And yes, and that's everything for now. So the key question I'll ask before somebody else does is, how close are you to an early blood test for Alzheimer's? Yeah, so that, that, that's a difficult question indeed. <laughs> so just now, uh, we have that one year in, advanta in advance test, and the other ones, I am not sure, it might jump out of, of any one of our computers at any time, because we, we are running analysis every day. Uh, so it, it is very difficult to, to say, I, I can say a bit of an average, perhaps uh, five, ten years, uh, it is very difficult to say. The more we work, the earlier it will come. When it will come, we, we, we don't know, we don't know. One of your earlier slides, you didn't talk about the difference between African and American and Caucasian. Mm -hmm. um, they seem to be, um, eight or nine years difference 
Yes, yes, it is significant. So one of the interesting findings in Alzheimer is that it seems to change from ethnicity to ethnicity. So for instance, the most, so the, the genetic factor that most increases the risk for Alzheimer disease is the um, APOE uh, protein. It is one of the thousands of proteins in, the, in that very big factory. And there are three versions of that protein in the genetic code. Most of the people has what is called epsilon 3, a minority of people has epsilon 2 and another minority has epsilon 4. And it seems that people that has epsilon 4 has four times more likelihood of developing AD. If a normal, if an average person has a likelihood of 3% of having AD when they are 60, a person with epsilon 4 has uh, 12%. But that's in the Caucasian population. In the Japanese population, it is 30 times more. So if a Japanese person has epsilon 4, they have like 20-30% probability of developing AD. And we are not very, we, we don't know exactly why. We know that the reason comes from that huge factory. But how to detect the exact reason for that variability, it is, it is yet unknown.